ECW Livecast, and this week is a special. It's the Supercard Special. It's our fourth one, and it's When Worlds Collide, 1994, from May 14th of 1994. I'm Mike Prue, along with JV. JV, how you doing? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing all right here, as we record on a Friday night, and just moments before we hit record, we got a like from Jim Molyneux, <laughs> referee Jim Molyneux. <laughs> so that was cool. That was a nice little little boost for us right before we get started. And I was going to save it for the shout-outs, but because it's so current right now on top of my head that you know we had the discussion on the last episode of who the fuck was Jim Molyneux and who's John Finnegan <laughs> when we're watching these shows. We can never tell the difference between the two. So Rick Beebe had tweeted tweeted at us about it and you know gave us the difference you know for us to remember and i had said it on the last episode i said well it's probably some difference between like their facial hair or something something as simple as that for us to remember and it was exactly that jim molino has a goatee john Fingen doesn't have a goatee so that's what we got to keep in mind and uh, I did message Rick BB back and said, oh, thanks. I thought it was something like that. But it's probably best if we just pretend to not know. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our gimmick. Like, who the fuck is this? Jim Molyneux or John Finnegan? But regardless of that, Jim Molyneux just liked that we were about to record when worlds collide. So that was cool. So welcome back, BTT Army. And thanks for joining with us here for this Supercard special number four. And we always appreciate all the support. And you guys are great on Twitter. And just more and more people reaching out to us. So we thank you for that. So we truly appreciate that. So hell yeah with that. And with that hell yeah, I'll lead into... Yeah, we have another show. It's called the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. The career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we hope you guys check that show out too. That podcast, and where we break down the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin week by week, every Wednesday. And we also have a group that you could join. It's Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, a Facebook group. And regardless of whether or not you listen to it, you can still join the group and talk ECW if you want. So that's another place where you can communicate with us. So check that out there. As I already did, I gave the I gave a shout out to Rick Beebe, and we have some more shout outs. 
and I had reached out to people, said, hey, we're about to do this show, we're about to record When Worlds Collide, so if you have any thoughts about it or just anything, you want a shout-out, you want us to shout you out, tweet us, and we'll do it. So we got a couple replies back, along with Rick Beebe, and we have the Extreme Rewind podcast, who is, it seems as they are itching to get us on their show eventually, but what they had to say about this show when worlds collide is that Arn Anderson being in ECW was one of the major, I didn't know he was in ECW moments for them. Like there's so many different people that come through ECW that it's surprising at times. And this was one of the big shocks to them that holy shit, Arn Anderson is in ECW. So I totally agreed with that because I forgot about it. And it's just weird to see him cutting promos and being in a wrestling match in ECW in 1994 and I told them I was like I can't wait to watch the match you know because there's great reviews of it I haven't watched it but I know that it's rated up there as being one of the better ECW matches of this time period so can't wait to get into that and then another Twitter follower a new Twitter follower his name is Johnny Villain so that's another JV uh oh a competition so Johnny, crossing wrong territory. Yeah. Or we can align forces and just fucking dominate the world. What do you say, Johnny Villain? John Van Damage. Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Van, John Van Damage, Johnny Villain. The world doesn't stand a fucking chance. We're going to cure Corona first, get everyone on our good side, and then diabolically scheme some weird-ass crazy Ponzi scheme to get everybody's money. And then we're going to fucking... Do like Superman 2. We're just going to buy the whole West Coast. You know? Like 20 miles outside from the West Coast. Um, like the coast of California. And then we're going to trigger a fake earthquake to wipe out that 20 miles we don't own. And then boom, we own the shores, baby. We got shoreline condos just like Lex Luthor wanted in <laughs> Superman. Or you break off California so that you have your own island country. In that area nah, that you can populate. That. <laughs> we, need, we need the agriculture from the Midwest, and then we'll get those people to work for us. You know? Sounds like you got a master plan with Johnny Villain coming up. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yo, hit me up on Twitter. We'll get the ball rolling. So anyways, Johnny Villain says that this show is going to be dope as fuck. So hopefully it is dope as fuck. And shit, I didn't know JV was going to come out with a Lex Luthor type master plan to take over the world after this coronavirus. But hey, there it is. The 2JV is going to be running the show soon. <laughs> so those are our shout outs for the week. Thanks, guys, for tweeting at us and all you other listeners out there. Feel free to do the same. So before we get into this, though, I do want to just give you a little rundown of what the card is here one last time. You know, I know in the past couple of weeks, it's just been a huge buildup to when worlds collide. So many of you probably know what the matches are. But if you're just joining us for the first time, these are the matches that we'll be going over and watching tonight. Or in this episode, rather. Because you could be watching, you could be listening in the morning, whatever the fuck. So anyway, these are the matches. You got Tommy Dreamer versus The Rock and Rebel. You get an ECW TV title match, which is going to be surprising because what we've covered does not talk about this at all. Or it has not been revealed that we have a new TV champion. The TV champion that we know of last is the Pitbull. 
But he's no longer the champion at this point. The new TV champion is Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> and he's going to go up against 911. And then you get Superfly Jimmy Snooker against Kevin Sullivan. We get a Singapore caning match. Tag team match. Sandman and Woman versus Tommy Cairo and Peaches. And then you have that big match that was supposed to be for the TV title. The Pitbull versus Tasmaniac. Where Pitbull has been droning us to death with his promos. And then we get to the big matches. We get to the handicap elimination match. The Bruce Brothers and JT Smith. Who was they were supposed to be joined with Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk. Well, he doesn't show up, so that match changes. So it becomes three <laughs> <Fucking> no shows. <laughs> no shows. <laughs> so it becomes three on four. And Bruce Brothers and JT Smith will go up against Public Enemy, Mr. Hughes, and Shane Douglas. And then the big main event, the world's colliding, Terry Funk and Arn Anderson versus Sabu and Bobby. So that's the card we're about to run down. So let's get situated and ready to watch along with this super card or super show as the network calls them. So if you're going to watch along with us, you want to go to the WWE Network. You want to go to in-ring. Go down to the ECW section. And you'll you'll see a tab or you'll see an image for ECW Super Shows. So click on that. And then you have to find when worlds collide. You would think the dates would be in chronological order. But they're fucking not. So from 93 into 94, they're in order. But then randomly, two 1994 shows are just out of order. So scroll through, find when worlds collide. And you'll see it there. It's May 14th, 1994. JV, you said you had a hard time finding this shit. (laughs) So just be aware of that. It might be a little uh, difficult to find. I ended up just searching for in the search bar ECW when worlds collide and it popped up. Yeah. Which so. is probably what I should have did it from the start, but instead <laughs> I was trying to navigate like, all right, it's not in the hardcore TV episodes. It's not in the pay-per-view. <laughs> and I gave up and so fuck it. went with uh, what should have been option number one. <laughs> just search it. Yeah. All right. So hopefully you did that. You found it. It's a one hour and 45 minute show. We'll take a break halfway through. So get yourself ready to go, JV. You're ready to go, right? Yes, sir. All right. So as usual, I'll give a countdown. Three down to one. When I say play, then we click play. Three, two, one, play. All right. So we get our disclaimer because they did edit shit out of this. It's I I have the original copy of this show and it's only a few minutes shorter. So they didn't cut much out of it. I think the only thing they cut were maybe some entrances that maybe had music that they didn't want to just cover up with bullshit music. So essentially it's the real show, the full show, just cutting out some entrances. Some like punk rock. What's um? What's your timestamp? Let's get this out of the way. All right, timestamp: thirty-eight seconds, thirty-nine, forty. All right, we're dead on. 
All right. Green suit Jason. Yep. Shane. Bolly. Yeah, so these versions that we watched, these would be home videos. These are all home videos, these Supercard shows. So you'd have to put in a order. Get your money order in to get these editions. <laughs> They're pretty cheap. Western Union in? <laughs> yeah. I've never used the money order. No, neither have I. <laughs> Alright, so first match is going to kick off. Like I said, the entrances are edited out. For the most part, maybe one person gets an entrance instead of both. Well, you got the Rocket Rebel in the ring, and he's going to go up against Tommy Dreamer. Which is a good opening match. Get things going. Rock and Rebel. Tommy gets his intro, though. Yeah, Tommy gets the intro. That's cool. I don't know what music this is. But Tommy comes out wearing his Chippendale shit. <laughs> like, Disco Inferno. <laughs> yeah. And you have uh, the Rock and Rebel in there. As I was about to say, he's a solid worker. You know, Despite the fact that we uh, have a hashtag fuck Rock and Rebel going on on our Twitter because that's what we think of him because he's a piece of shit but he can go he can go in the ring at least in the context of this early ECW he can go in the ring this arena looks like it's loaded with body odor well this this arena is loaded this is the ECW arena filled to capacity this is the largest audience for the ECW arena up to this point Wow. So it's reported that the attendance is, like I said, at capacity. But the number is uh, 1,558 people. So 1,558 people in attendance for a huge show. So this is the biggest show yet. Here it is kicking off with a rockin' rebel wearing his shitty ass jacket. What is that? What, do you, what, do you, what is that? White jean? Like, what the fuck is the name of a white jean jacket? Uh, I don't it's, know. It's not like stonewashed, right? Stonewashed no, is stonewashed like blue. Is it's white. It's a white jean it's jacket. Just... It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And there's like little mirrors on the back of it, too. Like tr uh, diamond. Diamond-shaped little mirrors on the back of it and gems. It's almost like a rip-off of a Shawn Michaels. Like, I want to be like Shawn Michaels, so, but this is the best I can do. Because <laughs> 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 this is 94, so this is right after WrestleMania 10. Shawn Michaels just had that huge match. Which put him over the top as being a big star. Because as a heel in 92 and 93... He just wasn't really over, even though he was the IC champion. You gotta say, it's that ladder match that got him over big time. Yeah. Alright, so these two fuckers are going at it. And Irish whips back and forth, punches back and forth. Action starting off hot and heavy here. And what the hell did Tommy Drew just do? was that <laughs> Tommy Drew did a spinning heel kick but it looked like uh looked like he rolled on the ground <laughs> yeah that was horrible <laughs> oh wow Tommy Dreamer needs to take those fucking suspenders off because he looks yeah, jacked as 
he looks, he looks jacked as fuck right now, and then he has these two little fucking suspender straps. Makes him look like a pussy. Ooh, nice shoulder block yeah, there, shoulder though. Block. Maybe he actually hit him in the gut. He deserves it. Nice suplex. What we got here? Elbow? Of course. Yeah, you got the elbow. So another thing with a rock and rebel, now that I'm on like the Shawn Michaels thing here with his jacket. Oh, his name is Rock and Rebel, so that might have been his whole thing from the stars. Like, oh, I want to be like the Rockers. I want to be like Shawn Michaels. Even has yeah. that even has I that like I told you that like ten episodes ago. I know, but you never did. Uh, <laughs> that's implied. Look at the guy. <laughs> so even his hair though, he has like that muffin top hair and then the yeah. mullet. That's exactly like, what Shawn Michaels had. It's like the rock and hot break kid. <laughs> the fuckhead kid. Yeah. <laughs> fuckhead. <laughs> I'm glad right now that Tommy Dreamer has been in control of this match the whole time. Rock and Rebel has nobody at ringside with him. He's all on his lonesome. Yeah, no peaches, huh? Yeah, nothing. Well, Peaches is now with Tommy Cairo. Oh, that's right. But still, didn't he have uh, Hunter Q. Robbins for a, a bit? Yeah, I thought he had another uh, guy with him. Oh, he was Jason. Oh, yeah, Dirt. Yeah, fucking well, Jason. I didn't even realize Jason was with that fucking guy. I just seen him down there, though. He's like, oh, yeah, there he is. There's Jason. <laughs> Because now I'm only associating Jason with the Pitbull. This is uh, Jason's low-tier guy now. Whereas he was the big star at one point. Oh, that wasn't beautiful, but... <laughs> so Tommy Dreamer went for like a tilt-a-whirl spin pin cover. And again, it was like he just rolled on the mat. <laughs> he doesn't get himself up. He doesn't get much air when he's trying these these maneuvers where he has to like jump up. Kind of just rolls. You know, it kind of reminds me of like when somebody says they're going to do a cartwheel and then they just like <laughs> they just put their hands on the ground and move their legs. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> And then you watch me do a cartwheel. <laughs> that fucking cartwheel. It's like a forward roll. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Jason ran some distraction there. Tommy Dreamer gets whipped into the corner, lands flat back. And then Rock and Rebel, for whatever reason, this happened a moment ago, but Rock and Rebel just does a flat back to himself for no reason before making a cover. I, I always like that move right there where Rock and Rebel is about to body slam, but he doesn't have control, so the other guy falls on the guy attempting to body slam. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's kind of more like a big guy move where, you know, these bo both of these guys, Tommy Dream and Rock and Rebel, should be, ha be able to handle each other and not lose control. It's not like it's Tommy Dream trying to pick up Earthquake and then Earthquake just falls on him because he's so big or something. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, two small guys 
relatively small guys shouldn't be struggling with a body slam. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're telling a story that Tommy Dreamer's back hurts, which Rock and Rebel hasn't happened. Looks more like Troy Aikman or yes. Tim or Tim Allen. Troy Aikman. That's that's what we've been going with, right? All yeah, and I, I just saw it. He kind of looked like Tim Allen from an angle. So I was like, yeah, maybe is it Tim Allen? That's Troy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's tool time. Hey, that well, now that you brought it up, fuck it, we'll we'll, we'll run with that too. Because Rock and Rebel is a tool, so you can go with that. You know, it's tool time. <laughs> Rocking the two man. Tool man rebel. Rockin' fuckhead tool man <laughs> <Yeah>. rebel. <laughs> Let's throw the whole book at him. <laughs> oh, Jason. Jason's rocking the white suit on this special occasion. Better not have any accidents. So, who the fuck's this referee? Alright, so we got a referee with like a bowl haircut. Oh, this is the. Uh, I think they call him Pee-wee. Yeah, Pee-wee. Oh, shit. Luthez press into a pinfall. What? I don't know where. Seven minutes, 24 seconds. They say the time is. And Tommy Dreamer gets the win out of nowhere with the Luthez press. Huh? Oh, Rock and Rebel's not happy. But Jason, don't don't tell me they're they're gonna try to make Rock and Rebel a babyface right here. <laughs> oh, all right. J Jason paid him off. Oh, it looked like Jason was about to Look attack like him. Jason was yeah, he was winding up. Yeah, he was gonna sneak up from behind him and whack him and then take I his mean, money damn, back. This is a feud, fucking a feud. Nobody wants to see. <laughs> yeah. So, you're right. So, this is what's going to happen. We're going to get Jason versus The Rock and Rebel coming up over the next month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we move on to Here the next go. match. ECW TV title. Newly crowned champion. A new victor, rather. Some real ECW alums here. The great Mikey Whipwreck. Yes. And 911. Yeah. That guy fucking put fear in your soul. Chokeslam master. So Mikey Whipwreck won the title the night before on the TV taping. So on the episodes to come, you know, next next episode, we'll be covering what was recorded the night before this on May 13th. And that's when uh, Mike, Mikey Whipwreck beats Pipple for the title, which I can't wait to see because of how much fucking Pipple annoys us. <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck to beat him. Big bastard. Man, look at this guy. This guy looks like he fucks people up in bar fights. Redneck Diesel. Every weekend. Oh, I bet. Like, checks out your girl, knowing you can't do <laughs> shit about it because he fucked you up. <laughs> Even says dirty shit, and you're just like. Let's go, babe. Just move ahead. <laughs> right. It's like, like, hey, toots. Nice ass. You know, if you if if your girlfriend thinks you you need to stick up for her with this guy, 
and you're not the size of this guy, <laughs> find a new girlfriend. Right. <laughs> it's time to leave. If 911 walks in the building. <laughs> she's already hurting you and hasn't even gotten to emotional hurt yet. Just straight physical. Fucking Paulie Hayman with the five o'clock shadow. Yeah, look at badass. I mean, he, that's kind of one of his traits in ECW is that he has that wannabe beard growing. Nine one one should have came to the ring with like a forty in a brown paper bag. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what he did after the fact. Yeah. I wish there was more information about 911. <laughs> There's not enough information out there. So with that said, our research department headed by Rick Beebe. Get <laughs> some research dirt. here at Bottom Line Cast LLC. <laughs> well, the Extreme, extreme research, Cast yeah. LLC. Yeah. <laughs> Subsidiary of Bottom Line Cast. BTT Army. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Whatever the fuck we are right yeah. now. We have so many partners. <laughs> We're a very elaborate business model here. Hide our money on the fucking Virgin Islands and shit. We're a big business making no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, nice choke slam. And that should be it, right? <laughs> fucking pin. It should be. TV no champ. Supposed to, Come on. No, he ain't done. He's not dead yet, remember? Last, yeah. ep last episode, Paulie's in there checking the pulses. No, this one's not dead yet. This guy's not dead yet. Do it again. So, Mikey's, Mikey's in there fighting hard. He's moving his legs. He's kicking. So, 911 knows this is not over. But look at the crowd. They're all into it. This is probably yeah. the biggest. This guy's most over in ECW at this point. They fucking love him. They just love drug slams. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Ragdoll on Mikey. This is why his name should be Mikey Whipwreck. Fucking getting whipped around by 911. Well, Joey Styles is already saying that 911 is the new <laughs> ECW TV champ. But we'll see what happens. What the fuck's going on here? Hit him. <laughs> Just the, like stomp him or something. Just going to choke slam again. Eek. He should just he pin guy. him with one foot on him. Oh, he's got the ref. Uh-oh. Oh, he lost his cool. He's, he's taking Pee-wee and Mikey. Boom, double choke slam. Wow. Look at the crowd. Standing ovation in this place. This was when the ECW chance should have started. ECW. Paulie hands the TV title to 911, but nothing happened. All right, you hear the ring announcer is announcing that Mikey Whipwreck is the champion still. And 911 just chucked the belt right at Mikey. Whacked him with the damn thing. 911 not happy here. He's got Pee Wee again. Pee Wee more. Choke slam. <laughs> Fuck. 
That guy got <laughs> fucked up. Oh, and he spit on him. Oh, Holy Heyman rules. <laughs> hey, Paulie. Hey, Paulie. What do you mean, Rock? <laughs> Alright, well, shit match, uh, but cool choke slams. Yeah. It's fun. Entertaining. Better than the first match. Oh, jeez. Oh, another. Here comes another Poor choke ref. slam. Hope you get paid. It's getting paid extra for this. Oh, he had the ref the first two matches. Now he's getting his ass kicked. Oh, oh he landed on his leg first. Yeah. Probably, probably hurt his leg, though, because <laughs> like twist his ankle or something. Roadkill. <laughs> well, there will be roadkill coming to ECW eventually. Amish roadkill. Mikey likes it. That's what Joey Styles just said. What does he like about that? He got his ass kicked. He's laid out. Still got his title. That he somehow won the night before. We'll see in the weeks to come when they eventually show it on Hardcore TV. Alright, so Mikey is crawling out of there. <laughs> He's got his belt. Still the champ. And his dragon shirt. His classic dragon shirt. <laughs> That'll become a staple of his attires to have these fantasy shirts. <laughs> Alright, we move on now to the next match. It's Kevin Sullivan versus Superfly, Jimmy Snooker. As Here's Hunter Q. There he is, Hunter Q. Robin's the turd. With Snooker, with the Superfly. With the. Ooh, ooh. Superfly. Super, super, superfly. I, I used to like his entrance music. In, Me too. In WWF. Oh, yeah. Like the were you? early 90s. What's that? How old were you? When? When you liked his music. Well, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I still Look like it. Flannel in the crowd. Flannel. That's what that is, right? Flannel. Oh yeah. Well, this is the time of flannel. 1994. Oh, I know. Everybody. Listen to some Pearl Jam and Nirvana, and they wanted to act like they were from Seattle. Go wear flannel. Yeah, I had. Sure, unbuttoned, long white t-shirt. Oh, with yeah. some shitty rock band t-shirt underneath. It's funny. Uh, for me, <laughs> my grandfather had a lot of flannel shirts. <laughs> I would, I would yeah. wear some of them. <laughs> like, oh, Grandma, can I wear this? It was like fucking two sizes too large for me <laughs> as an 11-year-old. From and, fucking Kmart, too. Yeah, wherever it was from. I don't know. It was his. It was probably from 1965. My yeah. Kmart. But I wore it to school and thought it was fucking the coolest thing. Because it was like legit flannel. It wasn't like the new flannel just made because of it being popular. It's like, 
Ah, this is the old fucking old man flannel. Wearing my fucking grandfather's clothing. <laughs> I remember having to like, hide that I would have stuff from Kmart because Kmart was so ridiculed in middle school. Big time. And you were like bullied if you fucking had anything on from Kmart. I wonder if Kmart was like normal anywhere. My grandfather. No, I when mean, Kmart like, closed, he was like lost. <laughs> no, I mean, age wise, it was fine for people. Just like Target or Walmart is fine for us today. Like, oh, I got, I picked this up from Walmart. I got this shirt from Target. It's like no big deal for us, but you know, do, do kids still get bullied for where they get their clothes from? Like they have a fucking choice? Yeah, I have no fucking idea because I don't hear those conversations. Yeah, yeah, kids are sneaky. You know, they don't say shit out front in front <laughs> of the teacher. <laughs> you know, and if they do, then you gotta say something. If you don't say something, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you can but, laugh at the back of your head about it, but you got to say something. <laughs> I used to not... I never made fun of somebody because where they got something from. I just thought that... I, even as a kid, I just thought that was ridiculous. No, I, I never did either. I used to get mad at my mom about it. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't... I'd like, no, don't put me in... Don't fucking put me in that box. <laughs> now I got to deal with this. They fucking know what Route 66... <laughs> You look at that shit at Walmart. <laughs> you gotta take make the sure fucking my... little <laughs> take the pre- charm off the zipper, damn it. <laughs> well, I think Route sixty six had like a little uh, leather patch on the back of the jeans. You can rip it off. So, <laughs> 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 so I rip that shit off, and you get you got to make sure your t shirt's long enough. Which in the nineties they were always fucking long enough. Yeah. I, I had t shirts. Down to my knees, looking like a fucking dumbass. And whenever I see pictures, me wearing like Bugs Bunny and Taz with their arms crossed, wearing fucking You'd wear shorts, wearing red socks, your shorts. People like walking around naked, just a t-shirt on. <laughs> right? Is that a boy or is that a girl? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with your kid? Don't put some pants on. You don't understand the '90s. It was like long t-shirts and short shorts. So. And you saw a lot of drugs in the '90s. Yeah, high socks too. Yeah. You were wearing a t-shirt down to your knees And your socks almost up to your knees There was a lot of heroin and drug use in the 90s So like that trickled down to style (laughs) (laughs) Or or it trickled down to parents not watching What their kids were wearing to school Yeah Yeah. (laughs) Because they're on drugs (laughs) Alright back to the match here So we got a match going on here No it's Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Snuka And we've seen this before Third match of the card. All right, so the referee, Jim Molino, he doesn't have a goatee. so This guy doesn't have facial hair. So it's going to be John Finnegan, unless Rick confused it, <laughs> which will fuck us up even more. But anyway, it's Jim John. Non-facial hair so ref. Bad, I can't tell if he even has facial hair or not. Doesn't look so like grainy. it. But what if he like decided to shave for a weekend? <laughs> you know? Oh, Hunter Q got involved. Yeah, no shit. What if he fucked up to shave it off? Alright, so Hunter Q trips Kevin Sullivan and Snooka takes advantage and gets the pinfall quickly. 
Jimmy Snooker with the win. Kevin Sullivan looks pissed off. As he should. Kevin Sullivan going after Hunter. Oh, there you go, Hunter. The original Hunter. <laughs> oh, Hunter Q's begging for mercy there. Kevin Sullivan is going to whack him in the nuts with his cane. Holy shit. That guy in the front row is loving it. And he keeps smashing nuts. Sullivan just smashing her nuts here. Now he's going to take his pants off. <laughs> what is going what? on? Yeah, what the fuck is this rape going on here? This is, um... This is a little fugazi. Jeez. What the fuck? Oh, jeez. He's beating his dick with his stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then he stomps him for good measure. Kevin Sullivan is a fucking savage. Oh, looks like Hunter's, because he knew he was going to have this spot, he loaded his uh, underwear up with uh, some socks. He's <laughs> probably just got a cup on Yeah, probably a cup. What do you say? That's true. Fuck the USA. Joey Styles is questioning, too. What did you just say? Did he say fuck the USA? I didn't hear. Huh. I heard him say fuck, but it I doesn't make sense that it. he would say that. Yeah, right. It makes no sense at all. But it does make sense, like you said, that he has a cup on because he took a couple of those nut shots with the cane. So yeah, probably was wearing a cup. Athletic protector. Kevin Sullivan has lost his shit. He's doing his little bark. Yeah, he's lost his mind. Ah. 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 <gasps> All right, here's the, the big match. And woman. The Singapore caning match is up next. Oh, Sandman and woman coming down to the ring. Woman wearing a red jacket. Like an 80s style red jacket. Sandman's malt looking puffy in the back there. About to smoke a cigarette. Only a matter of time before the Sandman starts bringing out the beers. Smoke a fatty. Smoke a Marlboro Red. I can't believe there's kids in the front row. <laughs> so kids our age at that time. Front row. Everybody's swearing. It's going to be a weird scene. I mean, that's how wrestling crowds are today. A bunch of 30-year-old dudes. But ECW was doing it back then. <laughs> yeah. And then you get randomly got a couple 10-year-olds. Everybody's swearing. Fuck off. Fuck you. These kids con their parents into giving them money to go down the street to the wrestling show. Little do they know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jimmy Snooker's going to be there. Oh, yeah, I like Jimmy Snooker. And then now uh, you got a guy getting his nuts beat with a cane. Here we go. Here comes Tommy Cairo. 
the fuck's Peach is wearing? She's wearing like construction gear. Just a fucking hard hat on. <laughs> They're trying to appeal to the hard-working blue-collar crowd of Philly. Tommy Cairo's got his jeans and boots on. He's looking like British Bulldog when he came back to <laughs> WWF in 99. Yeah, Attitude Era British Bulldog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it looks exactly like him. Yes, that is the vivacious woman. Hell yeah, woman. Alright, so we got... Oh, that's both of them. That's Molino and Finnegan, and they both don't have facial hair. So maybe the facial hair was a later. Something that happened later. Because, yeah, they're like twins right now. Well, one has lighter hair than the other. Maybe one has a bigger bald spot. Yeah, I think Molino has the bald spot. Well, looks like they both have ball spots. Fuck! This peach is in a little titty committee. Basically, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Still hot. All right. All right, yeah. Okay, so this is John Finnegan, I think. <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter. Whatever. All right, so here we go. We start off with Tommy Cairo and Sandman. This was a match that they've been hyping up. We've had promos for weeks. And we've had the lashes. Peaches slashing a woman's ass last episode. Oh, this is a big match. And here it is, mid-card. I'll be right in, yeah, right in the middle of the show. Oh, back and forth slaps. Nice belly-to-belly -belly suplex from Tommy Cairo to Sandman as he was trying to, as Sandman was trying to slap Peaches. Tommy Cairo saved the day. Nice back body drop from Tommy Cairo into the Sandman. Sandman rolls out of the ring. Trying to recuperate here. Tommy Cairo looking like a superstar at this point. Tommy Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> and woman is in no condition to be wrestling. Suplex. And I don't mean like health-wise or anything, but clothing-wise, she's wearing like high heel boots, leather boots, no wrestling gear on. So I'm sure there's... Nothing from her happening in this match. There's no way that women and peaches are going to. Yeah, they'll probably get into a scuffle, but right, they'll they'll be on the ground together or something, but they're not gonna start wrestling. <laughs> Woman is not dressed for the job. <laughs> yeah, she's just out there. She's to dressed look good. for the job she wants. To look like a woman. Yeah. While Peach is looking like, I don't know. She's not looking like she's looking to wrestle either. No. Those farmer jeans? <laughs> you Godwin? <laughs> yeah, she gets some, like, actually, it looks like she just, like, had a paint day. It was painting her house all day. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I gotta, oh, 
guys, I gotta wrap up and I, I gotta go do this wrestling show. Oh, I don't have time to change, so I'm gonna keep these paint jeans on and and uh, I guess I, I forgot I even had this hard hat on. So. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is Sandman wearing? I his pants are fine, but what the hell kind of shirt is that? He's got his long sleeve belly shirt, V-neck, like a cut V-neck. Everybody had long t-shirts except Sam. <laughs> what is up with this? Yeah, we, we just talked about the long t-shirts. He's got a fucking belly shirt. It does make him look a little bit... As trashy as it makes him look, it makes him look a little tougher. A little crazier. Yeah. you got to be crazy to have your fucking beer belly half off just fucking <laughs> flopping around. Yeah, that's funny. Whenever I see shirts like that, like belly shirts... Oh, fuck. Oh, hold on. I'll get back to my point in a second. But it's a big spot. Setting up for a pile driver. Inverted, right? Is that what that's called? Oh. That's regular. But is it, it? Isn't a pile driver usually your his stomach to his? No, that's a, like a tombstone pile driver. Huh? Yeah. Like a Jerry Lawler traditional style pile driver. Huh. Your back is to the to the person to the that's doing it. Yeah. Huh. Well, it looks maybe because it took him a while to get up. Yeah, and that's what I was going to point out is that he had he struggled to lift him up. And then it was funny because Tommy Cairo's muscle belly <laughs> was just like popping out like a pregnant belly. Oh, nice power slam by Cairo. What I was gonna say when uh, whenever I see like the belly shirts like that, I, it always reminds me of in the '80s. Not that I seen it in the '80s because I was too young anyway, but like '80s movies, you'd always see like the jock wearing like a football shirt, but the jerseys were always like belly shirts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the mesh practice jersey. Always had their stomachs out. Or shoulder abs. Mesh was huge back then. Mesh. Yeah. mesh. Yeah, the mesh. Yep. Oh, shit. Wow, Tommy Cairo holds back woman so Peaches can get the pinfall over wow. her husband, the Sandman. I think they're still married at this point. There hasn't been talk of divorce yet. And now she has the cane. Sandman's going to take the lashes. Six times with the Singapore King. Let's see this here. Oh! Nobody wanted to see Sandman's ass. And it's pointed directly at the 10-year-olds that I was mentioning before. Oh! Woman! Oh! So we missed the Fuji's powder. <laughs> yeah, so we get three smacks with the cane. Woman comes in with the powder. That Sandman low blows Tommy Cairo. And now going to beat the shit out of him with the Singapore cane. And now, yeah. from forever at this point, that cane will be Sandman's cane. Oh, fucking wax to the head. Yeah, that's now his wrestling prop. Yep. I mean, we got to pay attention to that, too, because I wonder if he just hangs on to it from this point on. That would be perfect, though, if he does. Ever since the Singapore cane match, he's had the cane. 
your woman. She's ready to go. Look at the cane. It even has like a little handle like it's a fucking samurai sword. Like it's Leonardo's. Sandman has to light up again in the ring. He's going to blow smoke in Peach's face it looks like. What's Sandman doing to Peaches here? Bending her over? Women smacking the shit out of Peaches' ass. Look at those heels on women. <laughs> those are some hot boots. Peaches, tight. Yeah. Guess those aren't Very attractive jeans. women back in that time. Yeah, that's hot shit for 94. Man, the beatdown continues. The Sandman beats on Tommy Cairo. Yeah, he's... The crowd <laughs> loves it. It would have been awesome if she caught the kendo stick. Or what is that fucking called? Singapore King. Singapore King. So, Sandman takes the loss, but he comes out the victor because he kicks the shit out of everybody, and the crowd is cheering him as he leaves. So, he's become fan favorite, even though he's a heel. But we had that discussion last time, though. Who the fuck knows who's fan favorite in this storyline? I guess they always seem to like Sandman. Nobody's really the baby face here. They're all assholes. <laughs> Peaches is an asshole. Tommy Cairo's an asshole for taking his friend's wife. Sandman's an asshole for not giving a shit that he accidentally hit his wife. Woman's a bitch, of course, because she's just fucking hanging around. <laughs> so they're all assholes. But the assholes that the crowd like is the Sandman and woman. Because that's all it takes to be like. You can be hot and you can be cool. <laughs> And that's what women and Sandman are. Alright, so the ref is Pee Wee Moore. It's just announced. Oh shit! 911's back! <laughs> Isn't that the same ref from before? Yeah, it's the same one. Right, kicked his ass earlier and he's back. 911's just pissed. Because he wanted that TV title. But how dumb is 911? Like, dude, you know the rules in wrestling? Choke slam the ref, you get disqualified. Dumb fuck. <laughs> Paulie, how about you communicate that to your guy? Instead of acting surprised. I can't <laughs> believe we didn't win the title. Even Paulie, of all people, is the one that gives him the title like he won the match after choke slamming the ref. Come on. You know the rules. Come on, Paulie. Woo! 911 is hot right now. He's running to the back. He's pissed off. <laughs> I stand corrected. The, the announcer says, I stand corrected. The referee is John Finnegan. That's Finnegan. All right. I'm so that is guy. officially John Finnegan. He has darker hair. All right. Dark hair. All right. Dan it. Yeah, they're playing like the opening music. <laughs> that means that there was probably some real music playing. 
so what do we got here? What's coming up? You announced the match yet? What's going on here? Alright, there's Jason. Jason leading the pit bull. Surprised they didn't show a video graphic of uh, the match. They usually show us a little card on the screen of what the upcoming match is. But there is the pit bull with a chain in hand. And here comes his opponent, the Tasmaniac. Personally, one of my favorite ECW wrestlers. Oh yeah, Taz. great, great on Impact this uh, Impact. Whoa, AEW this week. Impact. Fuck Oh yeah, hey, I watched it. Good shit. All right, Taz runs right in there, and they start going at it. This has been a heated feud. Pitbull talking way too much. Taz, who actually becomes a great talker, is the one that doesn't talk. <laughs> yep. And they're off into the, into the crowd already here. Oh, shit. Taz going for Jason? Was that Jason? Who did he just beat up? Had to have been Jason. Can't tell. Fuck, what the hell? I hate when they go in the crowd because they don't have enough cameras. Right. They only have two cameras. I guess we never find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess it was Jason. All right, so Taz is whacking away Ooh. with some steel chairs. The leg shots from the steel chair. With the, uh, kind of up like... Oh, we got the plastic chair now. Plastic chair gets reversed into Taz. Pitbull grabs the plastic chair. Smashes it on Taz's back. At this point, they're at ringside now. If you're not watching along, they're out of the crowd, thankfully. Back into the ring. Alright, so we get some rest hold shit going on from Pitbull. Well, I don't know. Sleeper? Not a sleeper, but chin lock, I guess. Alright, Taz. Ooh, Taz powers and takes him over his shoulder. But gets poked in the eye. And then, hit the nuts. <laughs> Is it, what is this? Three Stooges? Poke him in the eye, hit him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you watch much Three Stooges? Yeah, I mean, not anymore. Yeah. I still watch it almost every Sunday morning. One of my favorite lines, and it, this is a common line that's said throughout the show, and it's from Mo. It just gets me all the time. <laughs> it's. Sometimes they're like sleeping in the scene, or they're snoring, some like curly snoring, and Mo will like whack him and say, "Wake up and go to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> I just love that line. Wake up and go to sleep. And now the pit bull with the nerve hold on the trapezius 
nerve Mark. hold here by Pipple. Yeah, Pipple, Pipple sucks at this point. He needs a partner. Because he can't be carrying a match. I f yeah, I just feel like he was misguided. Like, he was, like, one piece of, like, advice away from just maybe maybe possibly breaking away as a solos wrestler, as a singles wrestler. Yeah. And, and well, maybe the problem is that he's getting paired up with Taz, who outshines him already. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it doesn't help him either. I mean, which it, it could help. This is Taz. <laughs> you know, depending on the, the booking of it, is somebody can make him look good, and Taz could make him look good. But from the way I view it, Taz just comes off better. He doesn't talk as much. He looks comes off more menacing because he doesn't talk. And this guy, all he does is talk, so he's already annoying. Maybe if Pipple didn't talk so much, I would like his character. <laughs> you don't give a fuck. Well, what's he going to do? Attack the, attack the ref now? <laughs> what's going on? All right. So Jason's choking out Taz, the camera that wasn't even focused on that. So you have an inexperienced cameraman who doesn't realize that if a ref is talking to the wrestler in the middle of the ring and the other wrestler is on the apron, there's probably something going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely interference. Right. There's interference it's going on. <laughs> Oh, Pipple getting some extra leverage from Jason on the outside. As he has... I don't know what the fuck that is. A fake figure four? A figure fuck? A fucked up figure? <laughs> Whatever it was, it sucked and it's broken at this point now. Headbutt to the knee. I guess. Yeah, he's just working on the knee now, so at least he's trying to tell a story. <laughs> Making a, a, an attempt. Yeah. <laughs> but then he does a leg drop. <laughs> Going for a pinfall. And now back into another chin lock. Boo, this match sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. This match blows. This yep. hasn't been the best card so far been kind of a snooze fest yeah it's it's back and forth i think i think the good shit will come when we get to the, the two big yeah, main we get event to, matches. Uh, 1995 no 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 i don't i don't mean <laughs> 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 yeah yeah well of course shit will get better in 95 still a lot of good shit to come in 94 no i was hype i'm hyped for like this he's show, hardly right? locking him up here like what the fuck is he doing no he's just not good and this is what I was saying. Oh, Things will get better when suplex. Taz starts to hit some suplexes. And there it was. That's what this match needed. Get to the fucking good shit that we want to see. Taz is stomping around. Uh -oh. He's pissed. You know you're pissed when you jump up in the air and double stomp down. Yeah. Like my daughter. She gets mad. And <laughs> she'll, she'll do like the heavy stomp. Like one foot, two foot. Like I say, okay, no, no. You can't have a snack right now. She'll do the walk away from me, foot pound, foot pound, 
And because, and I know this because I, I understand what she's thinking. She gets so frustrated that those foot stomps weren't loud enough, so she jumps up and double stomps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <feet. yeah. laughs> and I'm like, hey, that's not the right thing to do. But in my mind, and I tell my wife later, I'm like, I know what she's thinking, because that's exactly how I am. It's like, I'm mad. And then I get mad because my stomping wasn't even loud enough. It's got to be yeah. louder. <laughs> yeah, it's like a primal instinct. Yeah. It's what animals do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> and that's what Taz was just doing. <laughs> and he's an animal. So, yeah, animal yeah. instinct. That's him. He has the mind of a four-year-old. Yeah, it's a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, shit. Oh, that was nice. Nice. Best spot of the match. T-bone suplex. I never heard of a T-bone suplex. I like it. It looked kind of like a... Oh. Oh, what's Samoa Joe's? Kona clutch? No, it's like a... In, in Noragri, like a... What the fuck is it called? Some weird name. It's slipping my mind at this point, but... It's not exactly that... It's almost like it, though. It was like a reverse of what Samoa Joe... Fuck Joe's. Jason up. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, what a clown. Taz Jason just... almost got himself fucked up because he held on to the ropes. Yeah, what? Why? Taz was trying to suplex. Like, he knows that's coming. But I guess he yeah, was that... trying to show, like, oh, I'm going to try to prevent it. It looks like he took that suplex. Wow, Pitbull wins. Yeah, Pitbull sneaks in the win there. Wow. And then the referee just leaves. These referees are pussies. They always just, like, leave. All right, I'm out of the ring there. I got shit to do. Another tainted victory on the card. Yeah, so Pitbull pulls this one off against Taz, who clearly should have been the winner. But, hey, the building heat with Pitbull. Fuck this guy. Fuck Jason. Which is, you know, that's wrestling. Jason. Oh, shit. They're playing, uh... They're playing Thunderkiss 65. Is it 65? Whatever, the White Zombie song? I don't know the number. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about, though? Yes, I know the song. Yeah. And that becomes what? the theme song for ECW, which will eventually be a song that we play often once it becomes their theme. But I guess that was Pitbull's music. I didn't know that. All right. I think it, 64 sounds like sounds right. 65, I think. Oh, 65? Yeah. 60-something. <laughs> yeah, it was in the 60s. <laughs> All right, anyway, so with that said, we're going we're gonna to take a little break before we get to the two big matches, the final two matches, the Handicap Elimination match, and then the When Worlds Collide match between Terry Funk, Arn Anderson against Sabu and Bobby Eaton. So we'll pause it here straight at the 52-minute mark before Shane Douglas starts his speech. Yeah. We'll, we'll reset when we get back from the break and get everybody yeah. situated again. But yeah, right around 5123-ish is where we'll pick up from. Yeah, 5123. All right, so before we head into our break, uh, it's our music break. So what we'll play is a special request. And you know, this week, it's different requests. It's not from Frank Alves, and it's not from Rick Beebe this week. So we have two new people that have requests. and. One is from Pat V, and 
That's JV's brother. <laughs> so That's my brother. No nepotism here. No favoritism. <laughs> he got his fucking song picked in. Yeah, he, he, he tweeted, and he got it in, and he's been listening, and hell yeah. So he picked the, he picked the song. I, I don't know if he knows the rules or not. You know, we try to keep it to the songs of the year and prior to the year that we're in, 1994. But his made sense because it's a song called When Worlds Collide. So. Fuck it. It's from 1999. It's Power Man 5000. So why the hell not? And shit, we wanted some other requests, you know, different people to have requests this week. Because, you know, nothing nothing against Frank and Rick, but you guys, you've had your fair share. <laughs> so, and you didn't request anything this week anyway. So there you go. We have another request, though, for later, don't we? That wasn't. Yep. Yeah. That was from someone else, too. That's right. Yep. All right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this will be Power Man 5000. One thing when I was, you know, because I hadn't heard this song. Or I didn't, well, I, actually, I did hear it. I realized that I did hear it because it's from Tony Hawk 2 uh, from, what was that, on PlayStation, regular PlayStation? Or PlayStation no, 2? PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2. Sure. Yeah, PlayStation 2. So I hadn't heard this playing that game a bunch of times. I loved those games back in the day. Tony Hawk. I love the fucking. Oh, oh, yeah. It was another snowboarding game that was fucking awesome, too. At the same time, actually, I don't think it was placed. It would have been the original because was it original? Pro Skater Three was on PlayStation Two. Yeah, yeah this it was, had to be the first PlayStation. This was the second be. game, so yeah, yeah. Because if the song came out in '99, it was probably. But did the first? Not that, play, they, not that they usually play new songs. Yeah, but, but did the first PlayStation have the ability to play music? Like, of course it did. It did. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Like, I don't know if there was like, like a separate soundtrack during the game, had, like licensed music. Yeah, they had of course. That, yeah, the first Tony Hawk was definitely on the first PlayStation, and there was music in that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking maybe it wasn't until PlayStation Two that they could do that with, like, you know, Grand Theft Auto. We can go to the radio stations and hear music. Oh, like I, I don't remember how easy you could listen to the songs in the game. But they were in the game. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. All right. Well, regardless, whatever. But um, you know, one thing I had learned looking this up is that the lead singer of Power Man Five Thousand is actually the brother of Rob Zombie. Which, I mean, they always seemed they were always associated Rob Zombie or White Zombie and Power Man Five Thousand. You know, similar type of music, whatever. So they'd be on tour. And all this fucking time, I never knew. Yeah, that they're related as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, you know, the guitarist for Power Man Five Thousand is the younger brother of the drummer of White Zombie. <laughs> so it's like Power Man Five Thousand is like the little brother of White Zombie, <laughs> eh, like family in, in reality. <laughs> They're killing it in the industrial rock and roll game. <laughs> and so with that said, JV's younger brother picked this song for us to play here. When Worlds Collide. He had, this C- he had their CD. The- oh, he had this one? Yeah, he had the, he had the Power Man 5000 CD. Oh, I remember. I remember that. He always had, he had like some weird rock band CDs. <laughs> he was in like a rock phase. <laughs> oh, we were all in a rock phase at some point. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, or, even, or even a rap phase, too. <laughs> like I, yeah. I was in a big rap phase for a while. He had some fucking 
some some good ones and also some very trashy. Yeah. Well, memorable though. But I, I remember this one. All right. So with that said, let's take a listen to When Worlds Collide from Power Man Five Thousand, and then we'll be back with the main events. for the second half of ECW when worlds collide from May 14th of 1994. So we're going to get right back at it. I'm going to get you set up in just a moment so that we can continue with the final two matches of the show. But before we get to that, during the break, we did get some incoming tweets or yeah, a couple tweets, I guess. But these tweets came from the broadcast podcast and they shared with us what they remember about when worlds collide from whenever they watched it. And the tweet that they sent to us was 911 absolutely destroying Mikey Whipwreck in the ref during the TV title match. 
chokeslam after chokeslam. And, yeah, I, I think, JV, you may agree with me. I agree with them. that That was probably the most memorable part of the first half of this show that we've watched. Is nine one one just going ape shit, choke slamming the ref and choke slamming Mikey Whipwreck? What do you think? No, I'd have to agree because everything else was pretty bad. <laughs> right. So yeah, just a quick recap. You had Tommy Dreamer of Rock and Rebel. Eh, nothing great there. Um, we'll share with you quick just um what Meltzer thought star rating wise and JV. If you have any disagreement with it and. Speak your piece, but Tommy Dreamer versus Rock and Rebel was a star and a half, according to Meltzer. Mikey Whipwreck versus 911 was a dud. Yeah, the match was a dud, but at least that was entertaining after the fact, <laughs> in my opinion. Jimmy Snooker versus Kevin Sullivan was given two stars. What? Yeah. I mean, that was actually probably the only, like, sound match. <laughs> but we talked over a lot of it. <laughs> I was watching as we were talking. It was bad. I mean, yeah. everything we've watched so far is a star. Right. Yeah, I would agree, too. Even the the Singapore Caning match, one of the matches that we were looking forward to, even these, yeah, these last two matches, we were looking forward to both of them. The Singapore Caning match was uh, given two and three-quarter stars. What? That was nothing. Nothing even happened. Like, the match sucked. That match blew. And then the only thing that was cool in the end was that Sandman looked like a badass and he walked away. About two and three quarter stars? I don't think so. And then the last one, Pipple Tasmaniac, was given two stars by Meltzer. And that match sucked too because it was all rest holds and shit. The only time it got good was when Taz started to suplex, but then Pipple snuck in the chain shot and beat Taz. So it's all been pretty crap. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But just the give a little heads up of what we got since I have the Meltzer ratings up at this point and his ratings have been shit up to this point in the show so who knows what this means but the match that's coming up here is the elimination match and he gave that three and a half stars and then the main event when worlds collide Sabu and Bobby Eaton versus Terry Funk and Arnais and got four stars so we're looking at at least two decent matches coming up here both pretty, yeah. both pretty lengthy matches, though. So we're we're halfway through the show. We're only at fifty one minutes. This show's gonna go on about fifty one more minutes. So that means both matches are gonna be around twenty to twenty five minutes each. So two lengthy matches, but supposedly two good matches here. What are you gonna say, JV? Uh, nothing. Nothing. All right. So you you're all set up. Uh, actually, I didn't give you a timestamp yet that I have. Fifty one eighteen. Okay. Let me go back. All right. So listeners get uh, get set up there. Fifty one eighteen. It's kind of like fifty one eighteen and a half. It's not right at eighteen. If we just go to fifty one twenty three, it's the graphic, and then it goes right into the match. Well, fifty one eighteen is the graphic for me. But if you go to fifty one twenty three, it's still the graphic. Okay, all right, so let me get to 23. All right, 5123. I'm at 5123. All right, listen, so get to 5123. Graphic is still on the screen. Then it'll probably go away very quickly. 
And as always, I'll give a countdown three down to one. When I say play, I'll click play. Three, two, one, play. All right, so here we go. We got Shane Douglas coming down to the ring with Mr. Hughes and the public enemy. Full team here. Won't be the same for their opponent. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be four on the three. Don't you think they could have just gave them another partner? I I think so, but I don't know what their roster situation is like. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> there, may, there may have not been anybody else there. <laughs> yeah. But what they could have said is that Hawk and Mr. Hughes got into a big battle backstage and they're both not going to be in the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. Let's make some bullshit up. I wish we could hear what Shane Douglas was saying, but music is playing and they've had to cover it up. And this would be a nice time to hear Shane Douglas' promo. Oh, he's making fun of Ric Flair, it seems like. They just did a big woo. Also, guys, guys, I hope you enjoyed the Power Man 5000 song. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can't wait <laughs> to reveal what the final song will be. Davey, did you look ahead in the notes to see what the final song of the show is going to be? Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I remember actually seeing it on Twitter. It hit me after oh, okay. conversation. <laughs> and I didn't want to spoil it. All right. <laughs> we'll wait. All right, so this gets off and gets started very quickly here. Everyone's brawling outside of the ring. So, this match, probably much like the next match, is going to be one of those matches where everybody's just brawling all over the place. So, we'll try to keep up with the action as much as we can. But look at J.T. Smith. He's got some new tights. I like him. He's got little lightning bolts on his trunk. Fits <laughs> him. He's just like the prototype Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He's got the gear, same gear, same type of wrestling style. Doesn't speak the same, though. <laughs> Stuttering JT. All right, so it looks like things have been settled down here. People are actually in their corners. So Rocco Rock is nailing away on Rondon with their New York Knicks out New York Knicks outfits on. Yes, <laughs> we we covered the Knicks extensively <laughs> extensively last episode <laughs> in their winning and losing records of ninety four ninety five. Actually, really just winning records. Pat Riley. Oh. Shane Douglas going for a knee lift and nails Ronadon. <laughs> That's what their name has become. Ronadon. It's Ronadon. Just, bolt, just roll into it. It's the two big, big boys duking it out in the ring right now, though. Yeah, Mr. Hughes, Curtis Hughes. 
And one of the Bruise brothers who are not going to be long for ECW because they're about to be fired. But that will allow for them to soon make their way to the WWF. After a little stop in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I believe. And they'll become Eli and Jacob Blue. So they'll go from Ramadan to Eli and Jacob. <laughs> Well, they're isolating this this Harris brother in the corner the entire time here. Yep, Shane Douglas, Public Enemy, having their way. Well, actually, no, no. Ron Harris, as Joey Styles calls him, is making a comeback here. Now, what's up with Public Enemy's... Nick's jerseys with the black little line across. Like, that doesn't look like it belongs on that shirt. It looks but, like an undershirt, no? It's like a black piece of tape that goes across the torso. See it? Next time you get no. a clear shot of it, take a look. Is it on the shirt? Yeah, it's on the shirt. The middle of the shirt. Oh, drop kick from Mr. Hughes. What the fuck? Good for him. Yes, that's right. His nickname is the Roughneck. They play that MC Light song as his entrance music. That we've played on this show before. Got a Roughneck. Got to get Douglas does not belong in this match. Right, he's the only wrestler in this match. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, JT Smith. I guess, but yeah, he's a shining star. Yeah, and he's not in this, and he's in this match, and he's not in the main event. Like, he belongs in that match instead of Sabu, I think. Like, I, I'd rather that match be Shane Douglas and Bobby Eaton versus Terry Funk and Arn Anderson. That would make more sense. Imagine the promo with Shane Douglas involved, oh. with Terry Funk again, or even having Arn Anderson and Shane Douglas go back and forth with a couple of promos leading up to this match. That'd be awesome. They missed the fucking... They missed their mark here with that. Instead, we get this shit match. Which is nothing happening here, so... Whatever Meltzer's rating was that I said, three stars or whatever the fuck, I don't know about that. It's not looking like it yet. No, three? Hell no. Be lucky to get a, a, a more than a one. Yeah, this show is basically a one-match card. <laughs> this show sucks. <laughs> rock a rock. Um. What is he doing? He's fucking halfway across the ring. Right. He's not in the corner. He's in the middle of the ring giving leverage. And how does the referee not notice that? It's just, this is overbooking. This is what this is. Too many wrestlers involved in this match. Yeah. What? Like, why did he put his hand out? Like, why is he there? Like, where's the ref? Oh, I, I guess I get it. I get it. No, but 
No, but really, Shane Douglas has a submission hold on. Why is the ref fucking around? He's just roaming around the ring. Yeah, he has a, a chair outside the ring. Get the fuck over to the Bruce brother and see if he's submitting. Yeah, and no now, shit, right? And now Rocco <laughs> rocks in the ring. The ref didn't see that tag. No way he saw that tag. Fucking dog shit, man. This sucks. Oh, the crowd's yelling boring. Good. At least they recognize it. Fuck. Yeah, it took them fucking 59 minutes to start chanting it. That, the thing is with this crowd, it's a huge crowd. They're pumped. They're jacked. They're like, yeah, this is the biggest crowd ever. And now they're finally realizing the show they're watching sucks asshole. Yeah. <laughs> no, ripped off. Man, at least they have the next match to come. Terry Funk, Arn Anderson, Sabu, Bobby. So that's what they're looking forward to. KT Smith. So what, what's up with all these submission holds? And like, I mean, I guess they're just working on this one bruise, brother. But the ref, look at the referee just like... He just looks like a jackass with no control. Must be a jackass. <laughs> He's like the substitute teacher that doesn't know how to control the classroom. <laughs> oh, no, you go over there. Oh, you sit down. Oh, and everyone's just fucking around. And he's just walking in circles. <laughs> I have doesn't no know control of my classroom. <laughs> You're just not watching what he's supposed to be watching. Who cares what people are doing on the apron? And it's not even like they're they're being bad. <laughs> they're not breaking the rules. They're all at ringside. <laughs> they're all on the apron. Also now JT Smith comes in for no reason. And a double teaming commences as the referee. And this is Molino, right? This is a light here. Yes. Yes. So this is Molino. Finnegan has the darker hair, not as big of a bald spot. Right. More of a receding hairline than a bald spot. Yep. So Finnegan is getting he's getting me to the point of Earl Hebner treatment. The way I feel about Earl Hebner on the bottom line wrestling cast, I'm starting to feel about John Finnegan right here. Pissing me off. Because he just looks like a fuckhead. Alright, so we're like 10 minutes in. We have like 14 minutes left. <laughs> oh, I've seen a lot of shitty transition wrestling. This is like, this is sloppy. I'm, I feel bad for Sandman. He must know. He has to know. Shane Douglas? Yeah, Sandman. Shane Douglas. He has to know that yeah, this just isn't going. Right. It's like, what? Like you said, why is he in this match? Why is he here? His talents are wasted here. And like I said before, it, he could have been in a better spot for this. He's the ECW champion. And he's in this fucking tag match. 
<laughs> Sucks. He's in a tag match with Public Enemy and the Bruise Brothers. Mr. Hughes and JT Smith. The champion. He must be rip shit that. He left WCW to come here. And two, yeah, and, two this is, this and, and two WCW guys came down when he was the champ and got the main event spot on this show. Bobby and then Arn Anderson. That probably went up his ass. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm in this shit match. You can't even let me work with Arn and Bobby or... <laughs> No respect. Yeah. Shane Douglas gets fucked around a lot, I think. If this match wasn't this match, <laughs> meaning that if it wasn't set up to be this, like, four on four, four on three is what it became now, it would be a good match if it was Public Enemy against... Bruce Brothers, I think that would have been a fine yeah. match. Because Public Enemy felt more natural for these for them to be wrestling too. Right, Public Enemy is working well as a team, I think, in this match. Well, what what's the story here? Because the story that was being built was that Hawk and Shane Douglas had an issue. Now there's no Hawk. Yeah. So they should have just canned the whole fucking thing. Oh, um, I forgot, but let's do a, a timestamp. Yeah. I'm at 105, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18, 19. Yep, we're dead on. 20, 21. Yep. Maybe a half second. I got Mr. Hughes on the top second rope. Yeah. Oh. Down. Shane Douglas cheering him on. Yeah, a lot of weight coming down on J.T. Smith's leg. Mr. Hughes is athletic. He's like a big man. <laughs> they, they always, it always like, seems like they're just trying to make Mr. Hughes seem like he's the big boss man. Oh, he's big. Yeah. And he's athletic. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a terrible talker. He's not a terrible what? Talker. Don't you, <laughs> you don't remember those early ECW promos when he first came in? <laughs> yeah, but compared to like what we've been seeing lately, he look, doesn't look as bad. <laughs> no. Pitbull, Jason. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Pitbull doesn't know what to shut up. That's the problem. Mr. Hughes was pretty shitty. But he kept the show. Oh, show. Yeah, he didn't fucking ramble. Obviously, in this ring right now, Shane Douglas is the best on promos. But then, Public Enemy, they can hold their own. They're goofy. yeah. They're goofy and silly, but they get my attention. Yeah, they do a good promo. I want to listen to him. And I think it's more of like 
because of where we're from, like we know people like that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like if they were wrestlers, that would be their promos. <laughs> They're just familiar, familiar characters. Yep. All right, so you see the black stripe there on their jerseys. What the fuck? I mean, I guess it's supposed to I be like that. I don't see the black swipe on it. The, oh, there? Across yeah. the top? Yeah. Well, I mean, there is some black in the Knicks colors. So. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the logo, the outlines are in black. And I think the ball, the lines in the ball are black. That's probably just, yeah. I That's, forget. I haven't looked at a while. But, like, black is part of their... It's like blue, orange, and black. Yeah. Well... That stripe there, whatever, that's probably just the normal design for that line of clothing. Yeah, so yeah Every yeah. team yep. had that, probably, just to, like, separate the colors. Like, oh, this is the orange patch of the clothing. This is the blue. Yeah, I can see that being the case. Snapmare from Rocco to JT Smith. Things have kind of settled down in this match. At least the referee is paying attention to what's happening. Public Enemy has been in the ring for most of this match. Mr. Hughes a little bit. Shane Douglas sparingly. Not a lot of Shane Douglas in this match. Mr. Hughes takes attack from Rocco. And they're going to work on the knee a little bit more. Of J.T. Smith, which has been an ongoing theme in this match, is that J.T. Smith's knee is being worked on. <laughs> so that's an actually good thing, and that's probably old J.T. Smith is like, "Hey, you got to work on this." See, he, second to Shane Douglas, is the smartest person in there, wrestling-wise. Yes. Yep. And ability-wise. Public Enemy have the tag team shit down. Bruce Brothers, they just... I don't know. They're just off the rails, I think. See, like, look at them. Oh, boot here, boot here. <laughs> like, that was all Mr. Hughes yeah. basically doing a forward flip over right. his shoulder. Right, he did his own flip. <laughs> 375 pounds, this guy did his own fucking flip in the middle of a ring. No assistance, because that he, that Bruce brother did nothing to help him. <laughs> nope, nothing. Didn't even like sell it on his part, like he was lifting. Right. <laughs> he just sometimes got, they'll hold their back or something, you know, like ah, I got him up over my back, you know. Right. He just got to the spot where he needed to be and kept walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They suck. I mean, this match is getting okay. At this point, I gotta put my fan on. Sweating. Oh, I got AC on up in here. Still haven't put my AC in my office. All right. Hopefully, y'all don't hear the fan, but if you do, too bad. I'm kind of <laughs> sorry. If you do, just think of it as being the fan yeah. in the ECW arena. <laughs> yeah. We're creating sound effects now, like it's 1930s radio. <laughs> Get the fan going. Oh, shit. All of a sudden, we're at the Eagle's Nest. 
And Shane Douglas just got tossed off. Joey Styles just said there were 1,700 people in attendance. Um, I think so. And Joey Styles just had a little dig at WCW and WWF. We don't give tickets away. <laughs> <laughs> Salty much, Joey? Guaranteed these tickets were given away. Of course. At least not all of them. Some of them. I'd well, say 20%. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed they had the equivalent of what we had in Fall River. The gob shop giving away fucking yeah. free tickets. A little sports athletic store. Go pick up a fucking used baseball glove and get some free tickets at a wrestling show. Hey, JT Smith fucking oversold that. Holy moly. Rocco Rock just give him a little punch, a clothesline to the leg. JT Smith just like flipped over. But they're <laughs> continuing the story of working on the knee here. So Johnny Grunge is at the top rope and is going to land right on the knee. JT Smith. Shouldn't there have been again. two counts going on there? One with four. Right, the illegal guy being in the ring. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All right, Johnny Grunge is pulling JT Smith and continuing to work on the knee. JT Smith is always getting something injured. <laughs> it's all his matches. He's like Mr. Glass from a breakable. <laughs> yeah. This is Jim Molino. We thought this was Finnegan, right? No, no. Oh, Molino? Finnegan's the black hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is Molino. Okay. Never going to get it. Molino's right. got the more prominent bald spot. Can't one of these guys just get fired? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Go somewhere else. Okay, here comes the cabbage patch. <laughs> Public enemy just dancing in the ring, having a good time. Hey, at least the crowd's interested in a positive way now. Yeah, where the fuck is everybody else? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Shane Douglas is getting beat up and fell off the eagle's nest. The Bruce Brothers are over there somewhere. At least they're not trying to show him on the camera. All right, now just... J.T. Smith is getting his ass kicked by the public enemy. Look at J.T. Smith selling it, though. Definitely a good worker, this guy. Absolutely. I know we say it, we say it every time. All the time, but. Hey, we're putting him over. Yeah. He's the unsung hero of ECW 93 94. 94, all day. He's the first fucking guy to fall off the Eagle's Nest. 
This guy's been taking a beating in ECW. He's awesome. Figure four on here. That's not him tapping out, is it? No. <laughs> nah, he's trying to fight it. Fight it off. I don't think tapping out in wrestling was a thing yet. At this point. It's not until the UFC craze gets going on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You just have to say, like, I give up. Right. right. I quit. <laughs> I give up. I quit. Jeez. I think that's in a Ric Flair figure. Yeah, jeez. Who knew Rocco, Rocco Rock had a figure four like this? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they've been working on his knee a long time, so he should be in excruciating pain at this point. So, the thing that hasn't really been described, at least from what I've heard from the commentary of Joey Styles, which we can barely hear because we're talking over it, is this is an elimination match. So, people are getting eliminated. So, you would assume that <laughs> Douglas, the Bruce Brothers, Mr. Hughes are all eliminated at this point, yeah, right? no kidding. Right. Yeah. You gotta be. Because they've been fucking absentee. But they never said it. All right, so J.T. Smith now eliminates Rocco Rock. All right, so now it's a one-on-one -on -one match here. It's J.T. Smith versus Johnny Grunge. Okay. I was wondering, like, this is an elimination match. What the fuck? Yeah, so this has been the whole, you know, this has been the best part of the match is Public Enemy and J.T. Smith. <laughs> All right, so even the ring announcer finally says something. Oh, JT rolls up Johnny Grunge. Rolls them up. Oh. You get the win. Back-to-back -back eliminations. You got it. JT Smith, the sole survivor in the elimination match. Woo, who would have thunk that, I'm man? But now he's going to get his asshole kicked. Yeah, now he's going to get jumped. <laughs> jumped by the public enemy. Oh, you gotta love that. Just ring the bell a bunch of times. Annoy everybody. <laughs> Ugh. Excessive bell ringing. Stop it. Stop it. Ring the <laughs> Ringing the bell is gonna make people stop. What did they say? Shut that something shit off. Oh, he said shut that fucking shit off. Oh, he swore. <laughs> JT Smith, the big winner here. Go, my boy. What a letdown for Shane Douglas, though. He, he loses so unceremoniously. He gets thrown off the eagle's nest, and you don't see him again. He's like, like he's just another bum. He should have been in the 
final moments of this match. All right, here it is, main event time. Sabu and beautiful Bobby in, along with Paul Heyman. It's Terry Funk and On Anderson. Here it is. Oh, 911. Some talent. Why the fuck is 911 here? Well, he, he's he's a Paulie guy. Oh. He's a Heyman guy. <laughs> but he's not working the match, right? No, he's he's the handler. Remember, Sabu's. Oh yeah. The guy that controls him. Sabu's back, and Sabu's just coming off an injury. And they didn't think he was actually going to be ready for this match. Look at those boots. This thing's fucking balling. Bobby's? Yeah. yeah. Silva, his trunks look sweet. I was like, like Midnight Express S. Yeah. Always loved it. Oh, I, I love that music, too. The Midnight Express. Top three theme song all time. Amazing. Sabu's pants have were always badass too. Like they're like MC Hammer pants, kinda, but they're nice yeah. and shiny and shit. <laughs> they're like Aladdin's MC Hammer pants. <laughs> Yeah, it was like Aladdin on Broadway before there was Aladdin on Broadway. A live musical. Alright. Here comes the Funkster. Crowd is ready for this match. I don't know what music they're playing here. Shit, they're building up here. Look at these fucking legends. Woo, look at them. On Anderson and Terry Funk. Network's playing some shit-ass music. Some gladiator music. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're going to see some good wrestling here. Sabu is the one that doesn't fit into this match. <laughs> see, Sabu was injured, like I said, prior to this match, and they almost thought he wasn't going to be ready for it. So if Sabu was replaced by Shane Douglas, imagine that match. Oh. Went a lot better. <laughs> I mean, this might be good. We don't even know yet, but I can just imagine how great it would be with Shane Douglas in it. And the build-up, like I said before. The promos. Sabu wasn't part of any of these promos building up to this match. And again, he was injured, but he's not going to say shit anyway. Paulie did all talking for him. A living legend, Terry Funk. And whoever thought we'd see a Funk and an Anderson on the same side of the ring. 
discussing strategy with Sabu and beautiful Bobby. You think Sabu understands Paulie or is he just meant to keep up? All right. I like how the Heyman's got him in a huddle. Yeah, coaching him up. Well, the time for talk is All right. Time for Bell's rung. Beautiful Bobby and Sabu. Sabu and Bobby Eaton commanding the ring at this point. Oh, Sabu just got hit with a can. Blaming it on Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah, he goes right after Terry Funk. Starts whacking him outside of the Definitely ring. Definitely wasn't Terry Funk, though. You're right. Definitely a fan. Chucked that in. All right, so we start with Sabu and Terry Funk. Oh, Sabu starting off hot. With like a... I don't even know what you'd call that. We just fucking dove into the corner. <laughs> it's like a suicide dive into the corner of the ring. Funk just falls out of the ring. Is your network audio going like in and out? Yeah, I was wondering if that was my internet or not. I was going to ask you. Uh, I just, I guess it's shitty. Chitty audio on the network. Well, this crowd. Tight headlock by Sabu. Takes All right, Sabu got Terry Funk in a headlock. Tags in beautiful Bobby Eaton. All right. Always love watching Bobby Eaton work. So this should be good. Oh, I love when Terry Funk does that. He just throws punches into the air. He doesn't know where they're going. He's just trying to hang in there. You know, it's kind of like the drunken punches. <laughs> and they're back outside the ring. Bobby Eaton lays a couple elbows in. Sabu gives a little cheap shot kick. Ooh, Terry Funk just whipping in a chair into the ring. Yeah, Joey Styles just said it. One day he's going to hit somebody with those chairs. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, foreshadowing at its finest. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it doesn't just go flying into the crowd. But we're not too far off from the crowd chucking a bunch of chairs into the ring <laughs> and knocking Terry Funk out with one of them. Can you hear my fan in the background? Nope. Oh, all right, my audio hasn't changed or anything? No, nothing. All right, good. All right, Anderson getting involved now. <laughs> Bitching at the ref. Leave me the fuck alone. Hey, fuck off. I'm checking on my I'm partner. Helping my, I'm helping my boy out. Yeah, what are you What are you bitching at me about? <laughs> I don't need to be on the ring apron. You can't count me out. I'm not in the fucking ring. I'm not the legal man. What are you worried about me for? Wow, what a smack to the head, Bobby and... Gave Funk with that chair shot. All right, Terry Funk, you're counting out. So is he like, oh, why is this ref so concerned with On Anderson when there's a guy outside of the ring he needs to be counting out? Let me just look at everybody else instead of seeing what's going on in the ring. <laughs> this guy's always off. Why, why is he picking a fight with On Anderson? On Anderson is on the ring apron. 
Look at the twitching from Terry Funk. <laughs> Terry Funk looks like he's having a fucking seizure right now. Vince McMahon stole that from Terry. <laughs> yeah, when he gets stunned by Austin. Yeah. For the first time. Ganked. <laughs> I'll take that. Not like he fucking watched When Worlds Collide 1994. But <laughs> oh, nice. Air Sabu. And then Terry Funk falls into the chair. That's great. Bobby Eaton tagged in. Terry Funk going for the tag. Arn Anderson sticking the hand out there. Just waiting to get into this match. Arn Anderson should kick fucking John Finnegan right in the nuts when he gets in there. I don't know, my my thing with refs is making me think, like, I can't have my my girls play softball because if this is the way I think about these refs, then am I going to be the father that starts getting mad at umpires? <laughs> and I coach baseball, and I totally support the umps all the time. But, shit. <laughs> Am I am I going to become that asshole and be critical? <laughs> nice left hand. I guess it's just because you know, in reality, there's human error, and in wrestling, it's not human error. You're acting right now, and your acting sucks. <laughs> But yeah, so Arn Anderson's in the ring there, and yes, a nice punch that he had. Now he's working on Sabu. All right, Terry Funk's working on Bobby Eaton outside of the ring, and John Finnegan's attention is not in the ring again. It's to what's going on outside, to the with the people that are not legal in the match. <laughs> Funk with the Bobby Eaton into the pole there. That was good. That was good. The ring post. Yep. <laughs> it was like a flick almost. I don't know. It was good. It was good unison between the two. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, Anderson going another for... Another figure four tonight. Oh, yeah. All right, didn't you just watch the previous match? There was a figure four going on for a while. <laughs> yeah. So that the second one this card, right? Second one in two matches. <laughs> Rocco Rock was doing it previously. JT Smith. Oh, there's the pile driver. Classic pile drive by Terry Funk. That was his big finisher for a while. But in ECW, there's no such thing as finishers. Oh, there isn't? No, just the saying in general, because the matches usually uh, don't end with the finishing move. <laughs> they'll, true. They'll hit the finisher, but some bullshit will happen after, always. Nice scoop slam. Martin yeah. Anderson and Terry Funker definitely outclassing this whole card. Oh, my gosh. It's like... Like, Badly. Here's the pros. <laughs> yeah. And 
Like, Sabu's not quite there yet. No, I don't think he ever gets because, there. But. No, he excels more in the, the extreme matches. Yeah. And they're not, we're not at that point here with ECW where they're at that extreme. That moonsault. Oh, fucking. Oh. It's so Jeez. funny to see Terry Funk do a moonsault. 50 years old. <laughs> in a moonsault. Nearly, oh, yeah. Minus 50, see? Nearly 50. Really? No kidding. Let's see. All right, so we're talking about we're in 94. I would say he's probably like 43, 44. Oh, he's 49. No shit. Damn. How old the fuck is he now? 75. Fuck. <laughs> His birthday's in June, so he's about to turn 50 a month later. He was born June 30th, 1944. So about to be 50. And he hits a power bomb. It's crazy, like he's fifty he's just about fifty here and he doesn't even ha he hasn't even done his attitude error run yet. <laughs> Chainsaw Charlie. He wrestles until like two thousand something. Did he ever have like a retirement match? Yes, a bunch. That That's like the running joke with Terry Funk is that he's had so many retirement matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a nice DDT. Love that. Oh, yeah. Spike DDT. This audio in the network is annoying me. In and out, in and out. I'm just glad it's not my internet because I thought I was losing the stream for a second. Uh, it's just like choppy. Yeah. Something in the way they uploaded it or ripped it. Mm. I don't know. Hey, even look at the top what? top of the video screen too. You see that? It's just like. Little dot dotted white lines all at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, that's the first time I noticed it. Honestly. Oh. Those have been there the whole pay per view? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Sapu. Suicide plancha outside of the ring. That was badass. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, probably already at this point, this is the best match on the card. A lot better than the previous match. That's what happens when you have pros like Arn Anderson and Terry Funk in the match. So that just goes to show you how like understated that is to be a true pro in what that does for a wrestling match. Basically, we're, we're watching at this point is in reality a bunch of amateurs. And then these guys come along. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's wrestling. Man, you got beautiful Bobby. The three of these guys are pro pros. Right. Sapu's still learning. But all hey, beautiful Bobby's thing was always. 
no personality, right? Right. At least I have never seen it. No, no personality. Just good wrestling. And that's why you had Cornet and all that. But everybody else on this card is not a professional, and that's why it sucked. You know, they'll get there. A lot of them will get better. I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess we can make a case for a couple of people. Maybe Snooker and Sullivan. We're the only two actual legit pro wrestlers. Hell of a leg drive. Well, the Alabama Jam. Alabama right. Jam, yeah. That was awesome. On sold it great. Oh, well. Oh, wow. Wow. How does that break up the count, though? He didn't get his shoulders yeah, up. He, he didn't get his shoulder up, yeah. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't actually, like, get off him right away either. Right. He was still pinning him. He just put a cloth over his head. <laughs> Terry Funk just put a little cloth over on Anderson. That broke the count. And now Sabu's working on on Anderson. Is Sabu even legal? Your video feed, feed fucking up now, too? Yeah, so they got a okay. shitty taping. Shitty copy. How did they get a shitty copy? They couldn't. They can't get a master copy of this? I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's like they get whatever they can find. <laughs> they probably found this, like, on YouTube and said, Oh, that's ours now, so we'll use that copy. That's going to be the case, right, for some things? That they don't actually have the physical copy somebody does online, but because they they actually own it contractually, that they just take that version. And they put I think it really depends on whatever was given to them too when they acquired all of the properties. Right. So they they will have acquired a bunch of stuff, but since they have they control ECW in all of its content. If they didn't like physically receive a copy from ECW, then whatever's out there floating on the internet, they can just they take. might have taken. Yeah, well, they could have just gotten like a VHS tape from like a third-party seller. Yeah, that too. Hey, but I would I do have to say the network, regardless of a lot of their content. Oh, sweet DDT there from on Anderson onto Sabu. They, they have done, the network has done a great job with getting as much ECW as they can. Yeah. They have almost everything. Oh, nice. Another nice DDT. On Anderson says it's over at this point. Terry Funks. Terry Funk climbing up, getting pushed up. It's on the eagle's nest. Yep. He's there. Uh-oh. What's going to happen here? Fuck. And they're battling up there. A third DDT to Sabu from on Anderson. Terry Funk is going to pile drive Bobby in at the top of the Eagle's Nest. Looked like maybe on a steel chair. On Anderson still working on Sabu. Spine Buster. That looked awesome. Honest and it's jacked up. Look at him. Doing some fist pumps. 
Oh, what the fuck's Papa Gunny be doing now? You didn't have enough time in your 25-minute match that you have to come out here now and attack Terry Funk? Oh, Johnny Grunge's Hacksaw Jim Duggan, 2x4. Holy shit! Arn Anderson just whacked the fuck out of Grunge. Look at that guy with the t-shirt. Arn Anderson looks badass with the chair right now, though. Yeah, he does. Enforcer status. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, he just scared away public enemy. Rock a rock. Inching back towards him. The referee is in the ring still counting, and I believe it's been about a minute. <laughs> so what are you counting for? Terry Funk rolled back into the ring by Arn. And now the public enemy is double-teaming Arn Anderson. And the referee doesn't seem to care about that. When previously he had cared about everything going on outside of the ring. Now he doesn't give a fuck when Arn Anderson gets beat up. Sabu going for a figure four. Oh, Terry Funk rolling Sabu up. Oh, two count. So it's kind of become one-on-one -on -one at this point. Terry Funk and Sabu. Sabu's working on Terry Funk's ankle. Now he's gone to get a chair. And continues to work on it. But hey, here comes on Anderson. Grab Sabu. Don't tell me Terry Funk's going to nail on Anderson. <laughs> oh, that was such a half-assed chair shot by Terry Funk, though. Oh, he hits Anderson no by accident. Energy. Yeah, he's fucking exhausted. <laughs> he just throws no the does, chair down. No one does crazy like Terry Funk. <laughs> the referee's not paying attention to shit again. <laughs> Terry Funk can't even do a figure four. He's so tired. <laughs> no, he gets whacked to the head. <laughs> this match is saving this whole card. <laughs> it's it's good to end. Oh, my God. Sabu just keeps whacking Terry Funk in the head. Oh, that last one. Terry Funk, like put his head forward to make sure it got hit because he didn't want it to make it look like shit. All right. Is on Anderson going to turn on Terry Funk right now? Is that, is that where we're going here? Uh, Arnie Anderson doesn't stick around here, does he? No, but... <laughs> oh, he <laughs> does. up his knee. Here we go. <laughs> well, Terry Funk hit him by accident, and now Anderson is taking the chair, and he's whacking the shit out of Funk. Oh, shit. Terry Funk beating down man. Joey Styles said it. Terry Funk doesn't have a friend in the world. Sabu has a half Boston Crab on. Don Anderson's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. I mean, we, we, we could have seen this coming because Don Anderson was part of the Dangerous Alliance with Paul... Paulie dangerously. That is true. So maybe it was a setup the entire time. That'd be great if that's the story they're going to use and have some promos. 
I'm sure Aunt Innocent's going at this point, but Paulie can cut <laughs> that for a talking off. shit right now. Oh, oh! Punk's got him. <laughs> Punk's got him by what Harry has left. <laughs> and beating him. Let's say that's it. Oh, a promo. All right, let's take a listen. Microphone and document this for wrestling history. This is your dividend. Oh, payouts. And this is your dividend. Who is this man, Johnny Grunge? Hey, public enemy got involved. Helps out. Who at the age of 50 enters a sport that has more that will take more of an athletic toll on a human being than boxing, hockey, baseball, or football? Who is this man who has these dreams of John Crook? Who is this man that thinks he can stand up to two hoodies? Two men that have been through every hood in America. South Central L.A., Harlem, the Bronx, South Philly, Halstead Street in Chicago. Who is this man that refuses to quit professional wrestling? Who is this man that comes out here and thinks these are Tully Blanchard copies? Who is this man that thinks this is some big conglomerate with Jane Fonda making workout videos? Who is this man that thinks this is gonna be some stinking legends match? Who is this man that wants to drag his 55-year-old brother right down into the graveyard with him? Who is this man that refuses to die? Who is this man that refuses to quit the sport that has fed his family? Who is this man that has a death wish that wants to enter the ring with his brother by his side and force the public enemy to commit something so heinous that they're going to go back to where they started, that they're going to go back to three square meals a day? Who in the funk is this man? Who are we? We're the Funk Brothers. Uh oh, so Dory Funk is gonna join Terry Funk. That sounds like he's coming. Yeah, his older Got brother. His family coming. Yeah, they couldn't trust Arn. Now he needs his brother to help out. So I guess that's where they're going, heading forward and uh, throughout the rest of May and into June. And I think uh, the next big show will be uh, Heat Wave. I think. But I, I believe there is a show for us, another Supercard coming in June. They're going to become more regular as time goes on, these Supercard specials. So, yeah, not great, right, JV? Not a great Supercard here. No, not at all. Just this match. Well, I mean, this last, like, half hour of whatever it was was really good. Yeah. Because it was a snooze fest to start. And it was kind of, I don't know. It was cheap. It was right. shitty. Yeah. So, to go back to the to the beginning there, Johnny Villain, <laughs> you said this is going to be dope as fuck. Well, I, I hope we made it dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but when... I mean, there were some good parts. Like, the like even though Mikey Whipwreck and Iron wasn't a great match, it was still... I still enjoyed watching that. Right. But, I mean, I didn't really like the public enemy match. I didn't like the... What other match? See, that's all forgettable. Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer, Rock and Rebel was that. No, I didn't like that either. Um, the big match that I was looking forward to that was hyped up, the caning match, was only like four minutes long. Sloppy. Yeah, yeah it, was it was sloppy. Just, it was nothing. And they didn't. Even, they didn't even take the six shots with the cane. Nobody took six. Everybody. But this last match was phenomenal. That yeah. Was, that was good shit. Last that was like, like a legit four star match. What did Meltzer give? Yeah, it? I gave it four stars. Okay. So yeah, right on. Perfect. 
the the previous match before that, the the elimination match. Yeah, you know, we talked about it obviously, and it could have been better. Shane Douglas kind of got screwed in being in that match after it had fallen apart with fucking Road Warrior Hawk not showing up. So fuck him already. <laughs> like he needs to not. Yeah. He better not be back. I don't want to see him back in ECW after this. Like this was a big show, and he no shows it. This is the biggest crowd that they've gotten. Man, granted, they got it because of Bobby and Arnaz and Terry Funk, not Hawk. But Hawk doesn't fucking show up for it. He he was probably pissed that he wasn't main event. Yeah, like oh focus. I'm sure the pay was different. Yeah, could have been pay issue. I don't see where he fits in this main event though. No, no, I don't want Hawk in the main event at all. Yeah, yeah, Shane Douglas. No, 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 but I'm saying Shane Douglas would have made more sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so not- anything would have been better than what the hell they had Shane Douglas doing. <laughs> right. And he just loses like out of nowhere. He gets beat up by the Bruise Brothers. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, anyway. So we'll see what happens going forward. In two weeks, we'll be back with our coverage of Hardcore TV. And it'll be episodes 57 and 58 from May 17th and May 24th as we wrap up. May of 1994. So that'll be in two weeks. And also check out our other show, The Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, The Career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is dropping today. If you're listening to this on the release day, it's Wednesday. And we have just put out episode 77, Get Ready, as we are on the road to WrestleMania. And we are covering into March of 2001. As we build to the big iconic match, Stone Cold and The Rock from WrestleMania yes. 17. So, good time to jump in if you haven't started listening to the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Check that out. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We have the Facebook group page that I talked about at the beginning, Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. So, check that out if you want to just be part of a group and talk wrestling, talk Stone Cold, talk ECW, whatever you want. And on Twitter, we're at Bottom Line Cast. And for this show, the Extreme ECW Live Cast, it's at Extreme Cast. If you want to follow JV and I personally, you can follow me at MPRU83. And JV is at John Van Damage. With that said, thanks guys for tuning in again. I hope it was. As dope as fuck as Johnny Villain wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's that's what happens. You know, you get stinkers and hopefully we made it entertaining for you regardless of the actual content of the of the show. <laughs> you know, you're probably more tuning in to listen to what we have to say anyway than what the fucking matches were anyway. But hopefully you enjoyed. Thanks, guys. Thanks, BTT Army, for your support, your continued support, and for listening to us every two weeks. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. JV, anything left to say before we roll on out of here? Nah. I'll see you in two weeks. All right. So with that said, we do have our last song, our last request. And it's, again, like I said before, it's another new request. It's not a... Frank Elf special or Rick Beebe special? It's a Sean Olmstead special request. And it is. <laughs> and he, he put this on Twitter and he said, well, because it's the 
number one song at this exact time, I think you guys should play this. And even said please, so I had to uh, appreciate the please. Hey, I liked this song when I was a child. I did too. It rem- and it's I, you know I still appreciate it today. It's yeah, it's not bad. It's just it's just a poppy song from 1994, yeah. and it was a hit. Haters gonna hate, man. Yeah, it's just well, the way I, it is. I have memories of my childhood, and I'm sure many of you listeners that are around our age, or even older, of course, have memories of this song. And I always think you know the lyrics. I yeah, sing. you've sung this song. absolutely. And I always think of the beach because back in the day, going to the beach when I was 11 years old, my mom would bring a little radio, and this would be on. In our area, 92 Pro FM, it would be on like every fucking half hour back in 1994. And that is The Sign by Ace of Bass. So that's Sean Olmstead's request. That's what we're playing as we head out of here. And I wish we would have seen The Sign ahead prior to listening, <laughs> to, <laughs> prior to watching When Worlds Collide. That it was not going to be that good. <laughs> the sign should have said, stop! <laughs> Just skip ahead to the May 17th hardcore episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. So, that's that. Alright guys, enjoy Ace of Base, the sign, and we'll see you in two weeks. So long. <laughs>